Hi, welcome to another episode of Book Bestie. Today I'm joined again by my friend, Manda Simmons, to discuss Slew Foot by Brahm. For those who haven't listened to Manda's previous episode on the secret history by Donna Tartt, Manda holds a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and Language from the University of Mary Washington. Manda currently is employed by a government contractor where she works as a manager, mentor, and slave to the grind. Manda is a huge fan of horror, as I mentioned during her last episode, which might come as no surprise considering this episode's book. Manda is getting married in November, and in true Manda fashion, she finished planning and booking everything within maybe three months of getting engaged, which also meant that she finished this book well before the deadline, while I, of course, did not. So apologies for the postponed episode. For those of you who haven't read the book, here's the little book blurb from the back of the book. Set in colonial New England, Slewfoot is a tale of magic and mystery, of triumph and terror, from acclaimed author and artist Brahm. An ancient spirit awakens in a dark wood. The wild folk call him father, slayer, protector. The colonists call him Slewfoot, demon, devil. To Abatha, a recently widowed outcast, alone and vulnerable in her pious village, he is the only one she can turn to for help. Together, they ignite a battle between pagan and Puritan, one that threatens to destroy the entire village, leaving nothing but ashes and bloodshed in its wake. Let's get into it, besties. Hi, Amanda. Welcome back to Book Bestie. Hi, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, uh, just for everyone listening, Amanda is recovering from dying. So um, <laughs> if you hear any congestion, that's what it is. Yeah, in the uh, in the theme of our book, I have some magic potion here to uh, to bring me back, but it's really just a Coors because that's all the beer we had in the fridge. <laughs> you were like, "I'm recording with Megan again. I need alcohol." <laughs> I love that. Should I have alcohol? Maybe I don't know. Be... Maybe you should pop something open. Yeah. Oh, oh. Do I have anything? Oh, oh I do have it. Okay, I'm gonna go grab a beer. I want to drink beer too. I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. The cats were very disturbed. They were like, why are you running through the house? Who's chasing you? What beer do you have, ma'am? I, I have a Tropicana Citrus IPA. Oh, that sounds good. I know, I know you love IPAs. <laughs> I do. Um, hold on. i got to actually crack it open now. Oh, okay. I love that sound. Wow. <laughs> this is off to a great start. I know. <laughs> I'm having a fantastic time. All right. Well... Okay, to to get serious. Oh, also, everybody, just a warning: my cats, my cats be catting today, so who knows the things you're gonna hear. Little bite. <laughs> um. So this, you. Well, first of all, how did you like the book? Let's start with that. I loved it. Um, it's only the second one I've read by him. Um, but I really love the differences in um how he puts the illustrations in there versus how he weaves the text in. I feel like he's got a very specific in mind that he also wants you to see so I appreciate like the pictures at the tops of the chapters and in the middle when you have all these gorgeous uh like looks like oil paintings so I really liked it I like the story there was one thing I didn't like but we'll get into that later <laughs> okay okay um so what was the what was the other Brahm book that you read um I read Krampus okay oh right okay and how, like, was the, was the writing style similar? Or does he, like, change it up based off of, like, the, 
well i'm sure his writing style this is writing style but do you do you did they have similarities or how did they compare yeah um structure wise it starts um Mm -hmm. off in a different kind of place and then goes back and forth a little bit and I think they're really, really similar in the fact that, I mean, I've only read two now, so I don't know if this is um, what Brom does every time, but picks a something that you would typically think of as a villain and then makes it like a vulnerable character that needs other people to get him there. Because Krampus was the same way. So when you first see Krampus, he's like magically enslaved in a cave for like hundreds of years, basically, and oh. needs help to get out of it. And it's the total opposite of what you'd expect. And Santa is the villain. And in this one, Samson is down in the pit in the tree and he's not the villain right away. You know what I mean? So it's like they start off as like weakened ideas of what you think the villains are and then they get built up. So I thought that was really interesting how he does that. Kind of turns the villainy on its head. It is kind of interesting then that there's like, so like, uh, <laughs> so I finish this like how however many days ago and I am bad with character names. Samson is the is the main guy. Yeah. Samson's the main guy. Okay. What's the goat and then is his name. Yeah, I'm really bad with the names too. <laughs> um so he like he's like you just said, like he started off in like a dark cave and you're saying Krampus also started off in like a dark cave. So that's kind of cool. I wonder if like his theme throughout the books is like the the like anti hero is is starting off in like a from like the lowest of the low that I haven't read the other books so I don't know but that that's interesting yeah um, I, I'm looking forward to uh to reading his next uh, two books I've gotten the queue one um like a twisty Peter Pan mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. one about gods and I'm like oh okay that's gonna be cool and all of his drawings he does himself right like all the everything in the book is all of his mm-hmm. right? yep so cool so cool um, I think I'm hesitant to read more of his books just because of how expensive they are. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this I enjoyed this book quite a lot. I didn't enjoy like the cumbersomeness of it because it's it's like a it's she a big book. She's like a textbook. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but it did make it cool to like see the paintings at that size. But outside of that. 10 out of 10 just like oh that's nice the paintings have the character names underneath oh that makes it so much easier All right. <laughs> I like that also with because you get like because I always cheat right I always go right to the illustrations first yeah and I usually to. will like scroll through scroll like I'm on a phone man yeah. um, I'll flip man. through the pages and see what the illustration is at the top of every chapter before I'll even start reading the book because mm. I want specific images in my mind, which is funny because normally, obviously, if you're not getting offered illustrations, it affects the way that you're picturing the characters anyway. But even after looking at the illustrations, I'm thinking, yeah, they couldn't be any other way. Like, that's perfect. That's exactly how I picture them. <laughs> so, like, did you, like, when you started the first chapter, did you have an image of Abatha and then you went back and you looked at Abatha's painting? Or you're saying you looked at Abatha's painting and then you read it and then you're like, of course. Yeah. I looked at her painting first and then read it and was like, oh, yeah, of course. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, that makes sense because, like, he he's drawing both from his mind. So, like, he's writing about her and then he's also painting her. So it would make sense that, like, if he's describing somebody who's completely different from his painting, then I, I think that speaks to, like, a deeper issue. 
Yeah, I wonder what he does first. I wonder if he has like an outline of what he wants first and then does the illustration and then starts writing or or it's like the opposite way. We should have had him on this episode. I know. Asking these questions. Should have asked him. Uh, I follow him on Instagram. Hello, Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) I do like how on this episode and your previous episode, you're just assuming that the author, although he did comment or like, I can't remember what the Instagram post. He commented. Oh, snap. Hello, Mr. Brom. Welcome. Hello, Gerald. Love your uh, work, darling. Love your work. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Okay. We're getting back into it. I got to go back. Lenore's licking my hand. It's very distracting. Lenore is my cat. She's not a person, just in case. <laughs> okay. So who in your mind were the villains in the Puritans? Show? Okay. Just like the whole of the Puritans? They're, oh, my God. I was infuriated reading this oh where to start with how angry this made me uh but there were there were like good people like the uh, the one reverend who has a name and his wife who also has a name they were good people sure but everybody else i don't know everybody else sucked everybody sucked it was huh that level of just religious zealotry is insane um men exerting authority like the demanding obedience the demanding compliance it's she acknowledged it too abatha like it's a way to channel sadism i feel like that kind of horror is the most unsettling to me because it's righteous anger Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's people thinking they are doing the right thing by doing horrible things yeah they think they're justified like the people being in the stockades i was like don't help him because punishment yeah and people like looking up to the heavens as they're doing these horrific things to these women just like completely at peace on their faces like this is for the good of their soul why wouldn't we do this we're the good guys and it it was just it was sickening and it's even more sickening because obviously stuff like this really happened and continues to happen for sure i i would hope though like no, never mind. I was going to say, I would hope it's not as extreme in this day and age, but I know for a fact, like, there are definitely areas where this is still prominent. Mm-hmm. As I did think it was, like, especially wild, like, the brother, I don't remember the brother's name. Um, Wallace. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Bastard. So he was, like, uh, he he was surprised that Abatha and Edward were like standing up to him because he felt completely justified in all of his actions and he like he turned absolutely insane mm-hmm. I mean he was already kind of off his rocker just by assuming that what he was doing was right mm-hmm. but I so okay so for him though I feel like there's like uh I don't think all of his mess can be attributed to religion I feel like there was there was also at that time like a lot of social status trauma that maybe could be I guess that ultimately could be attributed to like how the puritanism works but like him thinking because he's the older brother that that he's entitled to everything like despite what Edward has done I don't know he also seemed to wanting like he really thoroughly enjoyed going to the what was it the judge and the governor's um 
not the governors, but you know what I mean, like the politician, the policymakers of the time and the law to try to like get them involved. And he seemed just so friggin' happy to be in like these nice houses with people. It seems like he feels entitled to everything and not just because he's a Puritan. You're right. I think it is a class thing too. But it, like, do you know, like in that time, like if you were the older sibling or the older brother, like I, I imagine like if you're the, the male, no matter what, like you get it. But if you're the oldest male, then like everybody else just doesn't get anything. Is that how it was back then? Falls in line, I guess. Um, I would assume so. I think he would get everything. But I forget. Didn't he explain why there was a loophole where he didn't get it? Where he didn't get the land? Yeah, like the reason why he didn't get that land? I forget exactly well, why. I think Wallace did, like the land was his, but then Edward made an agreement that he was going to buy it from him. So that's what that's the whole... That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's that was what the whole thing was. Like, we're going to give you corn or whatever, and then this is... Now we're settled, is how I remember it. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, it's been a while since I... Yeah, you read it... Yeah way more more oh my gosh way before i finished it um but yeah his his whole deal like uh, it seemed like their words have another sip (laughs) yeah that might actually be the problem (laughs) too many It did seem like Puritanism was an issue and then like whatever the social situation was, was an issue. But there were definitely people who were like super willing to not like they were willing to accept whatever was wrong with their religion because they believed that they were justified. Whereas like a reverend was like, this isn't right. I'm going to do my. So it's it's just like wild that contrast. Yeah. The women, especially, I think, um, hitting on the fact they had very little power anyways. So the only power they do have is over other women. And they love to lure that, like that little group of um, of ladies who are just such little fear mongers and gossipers who just loved just tearing Abitha down for any tiny little thing that was wrong. Like, oh, mm-hmm. your hair is out of your bonnet. What a slut. <laughs> that is a good point, though. Like, that's that's the only way that they had any semblance of powers if they cut other women down Mm -hmm. it's like misplaced or what is it displaced rage (laughs) they can't turn it towards the men so they let that shit out on other women and And especially because she's an easy target and she like she clearly is at the bottom of the rung because like where she's placed in the church yeah wasn't it like the men are in the front and then it's the women Mm -hmm. and then like the lowest of the women and then the servants or something yeah yeah, that's why she sat. She sat on the back uh, pew with the servants, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Dude, the fact too that like they they had somebody like patrolling the church, making sure people weren't dozing off and like were paying attention the whole time. <laughs> and they had three different reverends doing sermons. I wouldn't have made it. I would not have. Oh made no! It. Oh no! There's no way. I mean, a you have to sit there with a pleasant face, and I can't do that. <laughs> so true if they'd start talking about anything i would just be like oh god <laughs> yeah you do not hide that well megan i think if we lived back during this time we definitely would have been uh dunked in that river until we died yeah 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 we, we would have been tried <laughs> as witches 
for sure. I think so, absolutely. Because what what is the criteria for being a witch anyway? Back at this time, it was just like if you're married, if you're not married, if you're old, if you're young, if you live by yourself, if you're too lusty with your husband, if you are too familiar with animals, if you like it, just you could find justification for calling anybody a witch. That was also crazy. Like the fact, so like she was married to Edward. They were expected to have children, I assume, because, like, you got to procreate to spread God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't allowed to enjoy sex. Yeah, and like, the was... portrait he drew of her, which but they trotted out as, like, evidence. So, like, oh, she bewitched him. She gave him a boner. She's a witch. Like, yeah. It was well, ridiculous. That, that, too, is because, like, they didn't have paper. So he was writing like his dad had lost his mind and was like scribbling scriptures or something on paper and he was drawing over the scripture i think that was like part of it but yeah like the fact that like her boobs her boobs were in the picture oh my god the devil (laughs) the devil's mark it's like that is a birthmark sir dude that was crazy too i was reading another book i can't remember oh no there she was actually a witch never mind okay it's a little it's a little bit different okay Anyways, um, so do you think that the fact that Brahm made the Puritans the the villains in this story? But there's also like there's also um, oh not, the Indians. Well, the Indians that like the spider one, but uh, oh, Forrest. Forrest was like actively plotting. It's so, oh like, yeah, the possum so- guy. Yeah, I was more, like, worried. I guess worried is not the right word. I was more suspicious of the forest kids, like Forest, um, Creek, and Sky. I was more suspicious of them than Samson. Mm-hmm. Immediately, it's like, why? what are you doing? What's your game here? Like, the entire time, it was, like, figuring out who's the good guy, which is kind of what I like about these books. It's like, you don't really know until you know. <laughs> There's always a big reveal at the end, you know? Yeah. I was, like, immediately put off by the wild, wildlings, wild, whatever, what is, what are they, something, doesn't matter. Floating Um, faces. Wild folk, (laughs) wild folk is what they call it. Yeah, yeah. I was put off because, yeah, because they have little kids, like, they're animals, they look like animals, but then they have kids' faces, but then they also have sharp teeth. That was terrifying. And then if you look at the paintings in the book, mm -mm, no, sir. No, ma'am. Not, not if you had me. to fight one, which one do you think you could win against? I feel like Creek. <laughs> I want to say Creek just because, like, in the book, Creek seemed like the chillest of all of them. But Creek has, like, double sharp teeth from the painting. I don't know. I don't know. Because Sky has, like, hands instead of talons. I feel like it'd be easier to intercept a floating fish in the air than the other ones. <laughs> of course, that's a weird place my mind goes to. Which one would you win in a fight with? <laughs> the, these are the hard-hitting questions, Manda. I know. I, this is what Brom needs to hear. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to know that we know that this is important. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'll go I'll I'll go with Creek, too. Just because uh, he... He's look. He looks squishy, and I feel like that would that would be easier to hit. I For sure. Know. I don't like. I don't like this question, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. 
<laughs> Alrighty. Um, but yeah, so I like uh it seemed like Abatha was getting like attacked from multiple fronts because it was like the Puritans trying to take away her land, and then it was um I already forgot his name. Forrest trying to like sabotage her relationship with Samson. Mm-hmm. And then like the Indians were the the American Indians were getting in and like helping the Puritans to it, she there's just so many there were only like two good guys in this book, in my opinion. Yeah. That was Samson and Abatha. How mm-hmm. what what say you? Yeah, pretty much Samson Abatha and then her friend that got tried um and confessed and her husband. So yeah, four decent ones, I think. Out of like 40 people an entire town of people yeah do you think that is brahm trying to make a statement about society or do you think that's just him trying to spin an alternate version of the devil Mm, i would hope maybe just making a statement about how fucked society was back then especially this particular sect of society which we're still studying today and we still can see the effects of it today. I mean, you go to Salem and there's still, there's monuments to people that were wrongly accused and hanged. You can see the witch museum, you can see all this stuff. So it's not as far away as people think it is history wise. It's mm-hmm. still obvious and around us. So I, I think it's just making a, making an observation on this certain particular sect in history. One thing that irritated the shit out of me though, that I think Abatha was stupid for was selling her charms and her trinkets and shit. Well, so how I remember the book is, like, that wasn't uncommon. Like, there were women who, like, the reverend's wife's mom, I think. I think the reverend's wife said, like, her mom used to sell charms, too. So it seemed like it wasn't really that uncommon until somebody starts accusing you of witchcraft. Exactly. That's the problem. Like, knowing that she's already an outcast knowing that she's already not popular, already knowing that no one likes her and that like this, you know, the seeds have been still have been sown to like fester hate and shit against her. The fact that she, I don't know if she thought she could get friends that way or maybe like sway people's opinion. Like, look, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm helping you with stuff. But like with how those people are and knowing how they are, I just, the second you found out that she was like selling charms, I'm like, Oh God, this is going to come back in a horrible, horrible way to bite her in the ass in the worst possible way moment and it was when all those women falsely accused her was just like oh she gave me this and it ruined me it was just like there you go i do like how um like all of the women are just fabricating things and then the reverend's daughter is like um actually guys i think she really did use witchcraft on me and all the other ladies are like yeah 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 she also she used it on me too um and i love that i i love group mentality (laughs) that that's what really makes things better in a situation (laughs) that mob mentality is great yeah i also appreciate how um abatha like her dad was like hey man you kind of suck so i'm gonna ship you (laughs) off to america um good luck yeah have fun have fun 1666 was such a good time for everybody i would have i would have had so much anger inside of my body 
And I think that's why she chose to turn witch at the end to like full blown. I mean, she always was a witch. She always did have powers, but not like in the conventional sense that the Puritans are thinking her of. But when Samson like offered her a choice at the end, I think that's another reason why she took that choice. It was just like, you know what? Why not? Let's light this candle. Why not go down this road? I'm already being accused of this. No one is ever going to believe that I wasn't this. Let's just lean into this fully. I think it's kind of crazy. So I texted you about this the other day because we both were like, oh, we're going to need to refresh our brains because it's been like days. Um, I totally forgot like how she became full-blown witch. And mm-hmm. you were you reminded me that she drank Samson's blood. Um, do you think that that's symbolic of like anything deeper or that just, I mean, like in, in most things like vampires steal people's life force by that. And like, do, do you think it's like deeper than that? Or that's just like a transfer of power? Oh, I was thinking more of like, um, consecration. Like I immediately thought of like Catholics. Oh, duh. Yeah. Cause the blood of Christ. Wow. <laughs> Through transubstantiation. Oh, God, I fucked that word up. Transubstantiation. Drinking the blood of Christ. That was my immediate thought. was like, it was like a dark inversion of that Catholic transubstantiation. That is so sad that that's not where my brain went. You went to vampire, but you know what? Vampire was second. (laughs) That was the second (laughs) one that popped up for me. I like how this is like largely a religious book. And my brain wasn't at any point like, ah, the blood of Christ, the blood of the devil. Holy I mean, he's a Samson himself seemed like a little like a dark inversion of uh, of Jesus there. I mean, he answers commands and prompts and, you know, is called father. And he's got his little disciples, you know, his his wildlings. And Abatha said him that, too. Remember, she was just, um, she was just like, oh, you guys are similar enough to be brothers when he was asking about her religious beliefs or like what people in town thought. Mm hmm. I mean, like, so I, I like the whole dark inversion of Jesus thing. I think it works for this book for sure. Satanism is a thing too. So like, uh, like I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Satan. At, I've never Satan worshipped, sadly, um, but <laughs> I imagine like it, it's basically like a similar principle that you're just swapping out the names. So that does make sense. But that is an interesting parallel that I somehow <laughs> did not make. <laughs> Killing it. Absolutely killing it. Killing it. Um so You know what? I think this I think this cores is is helping my sickness. Yeah, I, I mean it's gotta be. It's basically water. I'm basically just hydrating. It's fine. Cores is <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was like, ew, God, I don't think I have the constitution for a gin and tonic or a champagne. So grabbed a cores, but you know what? It has healing properties. Like Samson's blood. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm oh. really isolating some audience members though by like trash talking Satanism, trash talking Puritanism, and also trash talking cores. I feel like I'm gonna lose a lot of people. Here. <laughs> Please sponsor me. Um, what were you gonna say? You had an ooh moment. And then I, I immediately forgot. Oh, Oh, yes, I did. Um, we should definitely make a rosé champagne. We'll call it like Samson's blood or something. <laughs> yeah. And by rosé champagne, I mean, next time you're over, I'll just pop some cranberry juice in a champagne and we'll say it's Samson's blood. 
That's called a poinsettia or a poinsettia, depending on how you. Oh, know. yeah. Gotcha. That already has. I think we're. I think it's gonna have to be like more syrupy than that, though. <laughs> mm. Maybe like a grenadine, and something. Could put like a little gummy fish in there for that little bastard that we can totally beat in a fight. If he's gummy fish sized, I will definitely beat him in a fight. <laughs> Um, Which is your favorite illustration in the middle? Because I'm flipping through them right now, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? I just, I have to, I'm going to screw his name up, but. Oh, yeah. Mamuna Pet. Sorry, bro. Mamuna Pet? Mamuna Pet. Oh, this is sad. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We both have English degrees. (laughs) We can't. Well, if they had it spelled phonetically. We probably would be fine. Yeah, Gerald. The yeah. Fuck. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he does look like the most badass out of everybody. I do like also that he's wearing, or he's not wearing, sorry, he's holding one of the masks. Because mm, that yeah. scene in the cave was super cool. Like how Samson was like, I'm tired of not knowing who I am. I'm just going to give up. And then we see like the entire cave and we understand like those are all imprisoned demons or whatever Simpson technically is I love how we wove that into it I also like how you know from the start that he somehow was responsible for wiping out an entire town and that also the current town that Abatha lives in is also going to be wiped out Mm -hmm. I kind of like when a book starts with a why done it instead of a who done it it lets you know right off the bat shit is going to go down and then it tells you, it's like, okay, watch out. The rest of this book is going to explain exactly how that happened. I like it structurally a lot. Um, I do think it dragged in a couple of places, though. I agree about that. I've never heard the expression why done it, but I like I like that a lot. Yeah, and I love that. That is like that, I don't know if trope's the word, but that, that is a, a not a, uh, find your words. That is a <laughs> device that authors use. Like they're like, and then he went to jail. And you're like, oh, who went to- why did he go to jail? What's happening? And then you get to find <laughs> out. And that's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. I do like that. Um, did you expect once Samson put on the mask or, like, agreed to, like, be imprisoned by the mask? Did you expect that he, like, was anything a surprise to you, I guess? Like, was everything pretty much um, how you expected really. it? No, I was kind of expecting it to go that way um i don't think so after she got arrested the only thing that surprised me was that her friend confessed yeah that was a bummer that was a real bummer yeah that whole situation how they were imprisoned like the fact that like they they were they put a door on them and they put weights on the door or was it just the the wife that they did that to the reverend's wife uh, just, I think it was just the wife that did that too. And we can't friggin' remember her name. It's like, I'm trying so hard to remember her name. I can't. She definitely has a name. That's for sure. <laughs> it's like Goody something, right? Yeah, it's like a very on the nose name too. Goody Two Shoes. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to. Good Wife Carter? Is that Good Wife Carter? Oh, you're right. Because Reverend Carter is her husband. I just saw that name on page 183. I'm on 143. Oh, okay. almost twins. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, I mean, like, it, it makes sense because, uh, like, she didn't want to, 
leave her daughter. Like, she didn't want to be in a situation where, like, her daughter didn't have parents. Yeah. I think that was, like, ultimately with with the, like, witch hunter person was saying, like, hey, if you die, then, like, your your husband's also kind of fucked. So, like, you kind of have to confess if you want your daughter not to be an orphan. Yeah. Which is a shitty place to be. Like, I, I respect that she is a mother and, like, that's a choice you have to make. But it, it was still also shitty for Abatha. Yeah, she held out for a while, but I I didn't think she would give in, but she did. But I was like, oh, I get it, but oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you can always make more kids. Just kidding. Just kidding, audience. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, That whole, like, the whole process, though, where they they were imprisoned and, like, the, the general just uh, interrogation method. Brutal. I imagine that this, like, he's pulling this from reality just because mm-hmm. I believe that about these people, that they would do this. Excuse me. Beer burp. Yum. Um, but it, just, like, who who even thinks to put a door on somebody and then weigh it down? And, like, who even thinks to, like, put somebody in a tiny crate? Like, yeah, that happened to... Um... I want to say his name was Corey something during the Salem witch trials and he got crushed to death from that. And his last words were more weight because he's a badass. Damn. That's hard. Right. Corey goes hard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his name was Corey. You know what? I need to Google this while we're talking. Yeah. Salem witch trials. I need to know his name because that man is a G. (laughs) Corey. Corey Giles. G-I-L-E-S. An Not English true. farmer, petty thief, and tried murderer who's accused of witchcraft along with his wife Martha Corey during the Salem witch trials. Hell yeah, brother. To enter a plea, and then his last words were more weight. What a way. What's kind of cool about that situation is, like, the person who was persecuting him, or prosecuting him, depending on how you want to look at it, <laughs> um, they, they were probably, like, nobody's gonna remember your name you're evil like i'm i'm saving the world blah blah blah. but like nobody i don't i'm not gonna want to remember the guy's name who killed him but i'm definitely gonna want to remember Corey giles's name because mm-hmm. what a guy right what a guy how cool <laughs> i am looking back at uh the illustrations at the beginning of each chapter mm-hmm. so you were saying were you like trying to I know we already had a conversation. I apologize about the illustrations, but you, so you were saying that you were like trying to decipher what was going to happen in the chapter by looking at the illustrations or like, as you read, you would look Um, at the. So before I started reading at all, I looked at all the stuff in the middle and poured over it. And then I would flip through and look at every illustration above a chapter um, and just see what it looks like so I would know or kind of try to guess what I was in for without trying to even accidentally get a word in uh because I don't know if you do that but like you ever get so excited your eyes just like skip all over the page and you start to spoil shit for yourself and you're like stop it yeah. stop it it's yeah so rude of my eyeballs yeah, yeah I do do that <laughs> yeah so I looked at all the illustrations in the center and then the illustrations above each chapter and I was like oh my god this is gonna be amazing <laughs> yeah do you so the Oh, throughout the book, there's, like, little spider separating sections within the chapter. Uh-huh. So the only, like, spider character is the Mamuna pet, assuming that's how we're pronouncing his name. But um, also, Wallace gets absolutely killed by <laughs> those spiders at the end, too. 
Oh, that's true. I forgot that. Okay, yeah. So Abatha can like. Well, also the wild folk can also communicate with the. Yeah. Insects. Yes. Okay. 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 That's. Do you think there's a parallel then between Mamuna Pet being, a like a spider? I don't know. There, Mamuna Pet oh. meant spider. I was looking it up. Like it's literally. Hold on. Let me let me try to find it. How did I never make that connection? Um, in Navajo. Oh, did he say it in the book, or you looked it up and saw it meant spider? Oh, oh, yeah, I looked it up. Oh, oh, but cool. I think, but I think it there was at some point where, uh, like, uh, forest, forest, like referred to. I thought he referred to him as like the spider or something, but maybe. Mm. I could be wrong. Nice. Um, I lost it. Oh, so do you think? Do you think there's any reason why Brom chose Mamuna Pet to be like the frontman for the tribe? Mm, like seeing I, as I, that. I, Sorry. Go ahead. I would love to hear his uh, his explanation for it because I didn't really think about that before. <laughs> yeah, I I swear I'm not gonna be able to find it while we're on the episode, of course, because you know, that would require too much focus. But I'm pretty sure at one point, Forrest is like the spider is gonna find him or some, something along those lines, and then they start saying Mamuna pet when when. Samson ends up going there. Mm. By the so, way, it's her name is Sarah. I just saw it. Who's Sarah? Her friend, Sarah. The oh, reverend, oh, the wife. Okay, okay. Yeah, she does have a name, Sarah. Um, did you? So, like, Slufa is <coughs> the name of the book. Slufa is uh, that's what the feet of. That's what hooves are called, right? So did you, mm. were, were you, you knew that this was going to be about the devil? Or do you, were you also like, I wonder who Samson is? No, I mean, I, I figured. And also you, you see the, the Samson image in the illustration. And I don't know if you know that, uh, that famous um, church of Satanism sort of, uh, what is it, Mammoth or something? Who he's raising his hand exactly like that. And it's a goat head oh so I figured, yeah i just i kind of wanted him i wanted brahm to be like psych he's actually not that yeah but i guess we also like there when he was in the cave like we kind of saw like he he's not like or i guess like our perception of the devil is maybe wrong based off of this book like um because samson was like uh a being of destruction but he was also like a being of balance and also he wasn't um like the typical christian satan spinniness that everyone seems to think of the devil so when you think of the devil you think like charisma and charming and confidence and he's sly and he's slick and he's like handsome and samson was none of those things he was insecure <laughs> he was flighty he was unsure of himself he was irrational he was you know so I, I kind of like the fact that he didn't make him 
exactly the way you thought he was going to be. I mean, he did turn out to be, you know, the devil, but it wasn't the devil in the sense that I think most uh, people with any kind of like Christian background knowledge would think of. Mm-hmm. Was it the same with, yeah. with Krampus too? Like he, he was Krampus, but also like he wasn't what you expected from Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Krampus was, and Santa was exactly like that too. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I think, yeah, you definitely got to read Krampus next. That one was like, oh, shit. I read it around Christmas time and it was just perfect. Chef's kiss. I am a little bit worried about reading it and then being sad at Santa. Um, (laughs) So maybe I'll read it now so that I forget by Christmas time. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Just repress it. Shove it down with some brown. Yeah, yeah. That's Um, right. Do you think his blend of like the... American Indian tribe, the wild folk, the Puritans, do you think having those cultures like interacting was meant to represent society or in reality, like present day? Or do you think that was more just to provide like some sort of turmoil and conflict in the plot? Probably both, because I feel like you can't set a a novel in this time period without addressing that, because that's just... Uh, was a serious I mean issue at the time too so I think it was probably a little bit of both but I don't feel like if you were writing a novel about a girl during Puritan times in Connecticut that you could do that without mentioning or weaving in some kind of like Native American influence I just I guess in my recollection of history classes like once um like obviously like tribes are still existing everywhere like in most communities you're going to find some American Native American um presence killing it today um (laughs) but I guess like how I learned about the Salem witch trials or just like the the plight against women um there wasn't a lot of mention of Native Americans in those history tellings. So I thought it was interesting that he made a point of including that because like the the Indians weren't necessarily like everyday interacting with the Puritans, but they were definitely like something on their mind. Um, so it was definitely cool to see that perspective. Wait, so you didn't, um, so when they looked, taught about like, um the historical aspects of like witch trials and stuff they didn't talk about indians Mm -mm. in your club really not even one time wow that was so that you had a different situation yeah um so i first started school i was in quantico which is an indian name (laughs) and then um i remember we had they made us learn a song uh akakwan potomac chopsawan at quantico talking about like all the native names of all the towns that we anglicized over the years. I mean, and then they made us, you know, cut up cardboard um, pl- uh, paper bags, grocery bags, and dance around with them. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. But <laughs> so authentic tradition. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Um, but also, and this is going to sound really stupid, but I feel like our a big frame of reference for how we learned about Native Americans was the fact that Pocahontas came out when we were like five. Are you saying that's not realistic? (laughs) I'm saying that's definitely what sparked my interest. I was like, oh my God, Pocahontas, because we're both from Virginia. 
I mean, you were born in North Carolina, but you grew up mostly in Virginia. No, I was actually born in Virginia. I lived in North Carolina, but then I moved back. Well, to I suck. It's uh, okay. How dare you not know my entire history? Damn it. Where I'm crossing you off oh, the Oh, his, history in, okay. History with Indians and whatever. Um, I don't know. My mom is from Boston, so I learned about Boston. and heard about the Salem Witch Trials. Apparently, I got brought to the Salem Witch Museum when I was in a stroller and freaked out. Uh, you gotta start them young. Because <laughs> they were like hanging witches from the ceiling and cackling in green lights. And apparently I was like three or four and freaked out. And she still likes to tease me about that. I'm like, yeah, girl, I was like four years old. I would have uh, lost it. I would have been, been done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It's like I've, I know, Indians and witches. I feel like they've always gone hand in hand in my weird experience. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Learned you're, like, them. kind of blessed in a way. That's cool that you have, like, a more thorough history, though. And in Quantico, especially, they we had a lot of uh, history units and stuff. And then when I lived in um, in Florida, they took us to a, uh, a Seminole uh, Indian reservation for a field trip. Because, you know, there are side attractions to be gawked at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go to the Seminoles and look at them for a field trip. I'm like, ah, that's... Pr- okay. <laughs> that is... I, so there's like one side of it for me where it's like these are people these aren't things to gawk at and then there's the other side where like those tribes are like oh yeah the white people are gonna pay us to come see this we'll definitely charge them yeah they totally made money off us which i think is a great thing to do because i was stupid and i think i've told you this story i bought a roach clip thinking it was a hair clip <laughs> that my dad gave me like five bucks and was like buy what you want and I went up to this vendor and there was, it was, a, it was two roach clips and there was like a bunch of feathers, like raven feathers on the other side of them. And I was like, how much for this hair clip? And the guy was like, whatever, took my money, gave it to me. And I stuck <laughs> it in my hair and then I went back to my dad and I was like, I got a hair clip. And he was like, where did you get that? I was like, that guy right over there. Uh- <laughs> Your dad, the cop. So you know what? Good for them for profiting off of, uh, our stupid asses. Yeah, that's, that's so great. <laughs> Well, I I didn't have any of those experiences. That's I'm like we went to like Jamestown or something. So like that's Jamestown. It's not. It's not really anything. Yeah, like Colonial Williamsburg and stuff. Do they even have? I think there's like a a dude, or there's like maybe two people dressed up as I don't know if they're actually like I don't know if they actually belong to any tribes. But they're usually mm. like people dressed up, and then that that's. That's the extent. From what I can remember, I don't know the state of it now. Maybe yeah. Things are more authentic. Yeah. You know what? Last time I went to Colonial Williamsburg, I'm trying to rack my brain and I don't think I can remember any, seeing even like a plaque or mentions of anything. I could be wrong. I could have just been looking in the wrong spot. But yeah, shit. I don't think I remember seeing any of that. Oh, America. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So did you, So pretty early on, well, Edward dies. Excuse me, fear burp. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoiler alert. The whole, I was talking to somebody who tries to listen to the podcast, and she was like, I get 10 minutes in, and then I'm like, ugh, I haven't read the book. I can't listen to the rest of this episode. So this entire <laughs> podcast, all the time, is just spoilers. And um, if you're trying to, trying to, I guess, like, get topics for a paper you need to write, this is a great podcast for people. Otherwise, you got to read the books. Um, yeah. But so, 
um abatha's like hey buddy uh this debt and you can leave me alone to wallace who's the brother um she she struggles um Mm -hmm. do you think her accepting help from samson is innocent like do you think at any point she realizes like to what extent she's accepting favors from the devil or do you think she's like no like this the, he's just being my buddy where, where do you well, think her she lies well i know she's conflicted um because of obviously her christian moral background but obviously her mom taught her some other different stuff too so i don't necessarily think that she's afraid of it i think she's afraid of her own power but mm. then when she starts to see like what they can do together in the best possible way uh growing the corn and all those cool things that they can do um even if it is quote unquote the devil it can't all be that bad considering what they can do together um did you think there was any like romantic undertones with the two of them i didn't really think so i thought of it, it was more of like a friendship almost of equals i didn't feel any romantic shit there but i don't know did you I, so I read this in between reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I don't think there was anything in there that suggested anything more than friendship. But the entire time I wanted sex to happen. Did you really? I was was wondering if that would, honestly. I, I was hoping I didn't know, like, what that would look like because I don't know what his anatomy is like. I don't need to know. But, um, yeah, the entire time I was like, when are they going to do the sex? Yes, Um, because they had to basically be, like, very intimate body-wise with each other um, to channel each other's magic. And then, like, the broom ride and stuff, mm. it seemed a little bit sexual. But then at the same time it was like, but is it sexual, though, or is it just, like, body intimate? Well, she rides at side saddle, right? I think so. And that just seems like the least sexy way to ride a broom. The way it's described, I mean, is like what I'm sort of getting at. But (laughs) I I understand. (laughs) Although that did actually clear up a lot of things because almost all of my life, all of the life that I can remember, I've been wondering how are witches riding on brooms and not getting so uncomfortable? Like that's not, that's not a pleasant experience like That's sometimes like... even like being on a like a bike seat. <laughs> Amanda, if that's how you're riding your broomsticks, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, I think you just need a good gel-based lubricant and you know you should be alright. Amanda. No. <laughs> you have a fiance. You don't need a broomstick. <laughs> Desperate times. There you go. Um, no, but the like even in Harry Potter, you don't really just it doesn't seem like com- a comfortable experience but when she rides at side saddle i was like i could get it's like I look at you home. being a dainty lady but i could get that's excuse me another beer burp that could be a lot more comfortable also than- riding brooms at all like why a why a broom why a broom why can't it just be like an ottoman or just a chair or like a little yeah a little stack of hay Little a chair stack of hay okay. would be so nice, like a throne. Little block of hay, yeah, exactly. Like a little block of hay, like a like a friggin' lazy boy. Yeah, uh, I would ride that thing all over the place. If I yeah, could do why that. has it got to be a broom? What what? That's I feel like that's a whole other discussion. Where where did this come from? You know what? I bet there's a, a specific reason. 
I'm sure there is. Are you looking it up? Should I look it up real yeah. quick? Bring it right meow. Right meow. Right meow. I'm going to Google. Why do rit- witches ride brooms? I'm probably going to get some gross responses, but. Like what was in your mind? Yeah. Oh, suggest okay. Anthologist Robert's- Robin Skelton suggests the association between witches and brooms may have roots in a pagan fertility ritual in which rural farmers would leap and dance astride poles, pitchforks, or brooms in the light or the full moon to encourage the growth of their crops. Oh, okay. Interesting. That, um, that doesn't really translate to to witchcraft no. all the way to me. Let's but... see. Peasants spread rumors that the pagans were enchanting the broomsticks to allow them to fly. Brooms are a symbol of good luck around the world, ward off against evil. Um, That's interesting that and... it's a symbol or it's a means of warding off evil, but then witches are considered evil and then they're using the brooms that are meant to ward them off. Mm-hmm. Confusing. Okay. What hormone causes witches broom? What the fuck is this? This has been an unhelpful Google search. Um, did you know there is a disease called witches broom? Does it have something to do with riding wooden objects uncomfortably? I need to definitely look into this further because it's not. It says, although cytokinines are obvious candidates to induce witches broom symptoms. I'm like, what the fuck is witches broom? Just gotta stop riding brooms and start riding hay. Then we don't have these problems. All right. I will look that up for a different time and I will let you know. I feel like we're so tangential today and it's fantastic. (laughs) There's no direction. It's chaos. (sighs) Okay. Um so Edward murdered. Uh poor baby. Yeah, he really, he had a lot. Poor guy. I know, I felt bad for him. He was a sweetheart. I mean, yeah, like he, he had a physical deformity. I don't remember what it was. Um, Clubfoot? <coughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, he falls in love, or not even, I don't know if they're in love. He gets a wife who's trouble. And then he gets to fall down into a cave and get eaten. Mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't poor seem man. like a good time um, but he so every time that Abatha sees him and I think Wallace ends up seeing him after he dies like his ghost or whatever that image is he doesn't have his eyeballs why do you think that is because I don't think there's any part that we read where Samson is eating his eyeballs he's just eating like his intestines or something huh. I don't know that's a good so, question. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, like, maybe it wasn't Edward. Like, it was some, like, the wild folk uh, forest was maybe, like, doing, like, projecting somehow. But then mm. there is one part, I think, where Edward, like, ends up trying to help Abatha in his, like, ghost form. So then I was like, it probably isn't forest, because forest is, like, constantly trying to sabotage Abatha. Hmm. But you That's have... You have no thoughts on that? No, sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Good question, but I have no answer for you. I have to say... I'm a, I'm a great podcast guest, let me tell you. No, I, I think you're doing fantastic. My favorite thing <laughs> about my podcast guests is when they say great question, because it's very validating. So thank you for thinking that was a great question. You're welcome. Yeah, if you hadn't said it was a great question, though, I would have been really upset with you about not <laughs> having an answer. 
<laughs> well, there you go. I did, I did the right thing. It is it is interesting, though, that, I mean, I guess maybe because Abatha has, like, a personal connection connection to Edward, she sees Edward, but they're, like, when, I don't remember if they actually go down in the cave or the cave is just, like, described from Samson's point of view, but there's <laughs> there's body parts, like, everywhere. Mm. Um, but we don't see any of those ghosts, but, like, assumedly, they're, oh, I guess, like, Samson's been asleep for, like, a really long time, right? So... Like, anything that was down there beforehand would be... Yeah, that could be left over from God knows when. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. I, I sort of answered my own question. Killed. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, sorry, excuse me. From, or of the wild folk. So there's... Let me go back to the paintings. So there's forest, there's creek, and there's sky. Mm-hmm. But... Only forest can speak. Why do you think that is? Mm. Well, out of the illustrations and out of the characters, I'm purely going by my wildest guess because I have no actual justification for it. Maybe because forest is the, I want to say, the most human-like. Um. It could also be that forest is the most sly one of all the three animal hybrids that there are. What do you a mean by possum, that? Little, like, he... like instead of um, a brainless fish. No offense, but all of all the offense. Or all the fish listening to this podcast are going to be so <laughs> What do you mean you don't support fish rights? I don't know. I feel like a possum person hybrid would be the most disconcerting yet also the most human-like but also the craftiest slyest one that would be able to rally and lead the others so you think it's more just like a plot device you don't think it has anything like any sort of symbolism um i guess i don't have enough uh education or background to uh to be able to answer that Unless it's something someone else already looked into. Did you look into it? No. I, oh, I okay. Thought I, thought you, I thought you had, like, actually, possums are a symbol of BAM. No, no. I should have done that. I So I was, like, really uh, uh, <laughs> curious. I was really curious about... Mamma Numma Ding Dong. That's not his name, Manda. For sure, for sure. Mamuna Pet. I was very interested in his name because I was like, the. well, one, I was like, is this actually like a real name, like a real uh, person in Native American lore? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think to, I'm, I'm just going to real quick. Did you have, while I'm looking this up, did you have anything... Um, that you said you had a lot of feelings at the beginning of the podcast that you were excited to share. Oh, I share them all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, guess what? Uh, Mamunipet mm-hmm. is the word for net maker in Algonquin. Ha ha ha. Bam. Nice. There we nice, go. Nice. Oh, there was one line that I took a picture of, but I didn't put the page number that kind of perfectly summed up my horror at uh, the Puritans and why they were the villains in here. Um. This is talking about the uh, the punishment when the villagers are witch- witnessing it. Mm-hmm. 
A few were crying, but most watched grimly, their faces stolid and righteous. There were some, yes, like Goody and Ansel, whose faces betrayed their inner vileness, but most appeared transported, almost in rapture, as though sharing this moment with God himself, their hands clasped to, his, to their breasts, staring upward into the firmament, their lips moving in silent communion with their Lord and Savior. Abatha could see that these people believed, truly believed, that they were doing God's work here this day. And there was something about these people that horrified Abatha even worse than those whose faces were lined with cruelty. At least cruelty was a thing that could be pointed out, confronted. But this belief, this absolute conviction that this evil they were doing was good, was God's work. How, she wondered, how could such a dark conviction ever be overcome? That was like the perfect summation of how horrified I was at these fucking sadistic ass Puritans. And it's that shit, that kind of shit is so much scarier because it's real life. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like that's shit really usually really... like the most, sorry, yeah, sorry. It's, it's still relevant today. And like the most convoluted ass, like justifications for why people do the shit that they do is usually because they believe they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I feel like that's, also, Brahm kind of uh, asking the audience to self-reflect because there are definitely times where uh, I'm in a situation and I feel like I'm justified in doing what I'm doing. But then I'll like ask you or Courtney or somebody like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I'll do a sanity check. And sometimes you guys are like, yeah, babe, you're doing the right thing. And then sometimes you guys are like, oh, <laughs> Megan, let's talk about that. <laughs> so I think, think it's very important to like self-reflect because you can, I think it's very easy to just assume that you're doing things right just because you believe strongly in them. Mm-hmm. But it is horrifying. Like just yeah. like looking back at history just in general, like how many people were murdered just because other people believe that they were doing the right thing. Absolutely. And still now. That was, I thought that was, also insane i don't remember his name but the guy that like the crazy guy that everybody's like oh i don't know about this guy um wallace goes to him and is like hey i need your help uh charging this lady with witchcraft and he was like i got you my dude and then everybody just believed him yeah yeah (laughs) so like whereas before they were dismissing him because he's absolutely insane now it's like this guy knows what he's talking about yeah. That blew Just my mind. The, the blind friggin' leadership there. <laughs> it made me so mad. It made me so, so mad. But also, like, you did, like, kind of faith. catch up. What'd you say? Sorry. Said, was it a leap of faith? Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, oh, no, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 you're good. I did remember it. But he, there was one part where, uh, Samson like comes across the kid and the the older woman and he kills the older woman and the crazy guy is like this footprint isn't a normal footprint so like there he he was like actually low-key very observant but he also was like wildly insane and I it just the the ease by which everybody flipped the script and was like this dude's a genius I believe it Seems mm-hmm. realistic to me. For sure, for sure. Terrifying. So <laughs> Puritans are terrifying. Puritans are terrifying. Oh my god. They are. They even look crazy. They're friggin' Quaker Oats outfits. <laughs> it's scary, man. It's friggin' buckle hats. 
<laughs> not the buckle fast. Man. Oh my god. I have nightmares about that Quaker Oats man. He looks so scary. I really hope you do have nightmares about that. That's like, <laughs> that's the most <laughs> random thing. That would be the best story ever. Oh my god. And it's not even him doing anything evil. It's just him just standing, like having a nice conversation with somebody and you're having a nightmare. That's like your version of a nightmare. Well, just hey kids, let's learn about fiber. Oh god. Yeah. Um, Manda. I think I mentioned this in the last episode in her intro. Huge horror buff. She's she's just like generally unfazed about all scary things. So I feel like anything that would scare you would be like the most normal shit ever. Like the most vanilla things. <laughs> yeah. Um, ostriches and sloths and chimpanzees scare the absolute dog shit out of me. And sharks. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But no. Oh my gosh. The, the number of posts you send to me and Courtney like no <laughs> ma'am I'm not oh, yeah, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't fuck with I wouldn't fuck with them but also I could just not go in the ocean it is it's okay no it's Amanda, okay. they can get you on land they can get you if you sit on a toilet and it yeah. just will come up through the toilet and attack you I'm just sad that you're not sending us sloth videos oh my god I hate them so much they look like little rapists <laughs> They do, and anyone who says they don't is lying. With their little weird, like, bowl haircut hairline, and their creepy little eyes, and their <laughs> and their friggin' long arms that just go so much further than they should to just reach out and grab you and just claw your face off. Like, they look like tiny rapists. And you ever heard them make noises? They sound horrendous. They sound like koalas. And do they move so slow, even if they were trying to get you? Ugh, but they like, you like can get in a tree and wait for you to walk by and then jump on your face or something. They literally, it would take them so much time to do that. No, just Dude, you don't sloths have- are fucking terrible. And I hate them. And I hate, I was, oh, they're so cute. I'm like, no, they are not. Amanda. Rapists. You wouldn't <laughs> even need to run. You wouldn't even need to walk fast. <laughs> Very few things really, really unsettle me. Sloths are one of them, and chimpanzees for sure. Chimpanzees I can get. Chimpanzees can go wild. They can go eight. Yeah, Yeah. nice. Nice, nice. Thanks. Everyone, the old chimpanzees are adorable. Yeah, Google Charla Nash. I'll just leave that there. Yep. (laughs) Just trying to traumatize people. I see. (laughs) Yeah, Google Charla Nash, uh, and then I'll just leave that with you. You don't have to do that, everybody, if you want to. Oh, you should. Chimps are cute, are they though? Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't have any more questions or discussion points. Is there anything that you thought of that you want to bring up? No, the biggest thing was the uh, religious zealotry and the uh, basically socially acceptable way to be a sadist to just be a Puritan. I love how chaotic and primarily disorganized this episode was. Um, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome for <laughs> being chaotic and terribly organized. Okay, so I asked you these questions last time, but these are the questions that I ask every guest. Um, Manda has her responses written down. She's ready. I do. So here we go. First question. Favorite book you always rec- oh, whoa. recommend or your top three favorite books? Okay. Last time, I said The Secret History, Shuggy Ban, and Smoke by Dan Valletta. This time, I'm going to say Mary by Matt Cassidy. 
The Book Eaters by Sonia Dean. Mm. And this is kind of cheating because it's a trilogy, but the Atlas trilogy by Olivia Blake. Frigging phenomenal. Okay. Okay. Um, Favorite author or top three favorite authors? Okay. Last time I said Donna Tartt, Philip Pullman, and Dan Simmons. This time, Lee Bardugo, 100%. And I'm going to cheat and only give you one more. CJ Lead. CJ wrote Maeve Fly. Which you read. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That was fantastic. You hear about her new book coming out called American Rapture? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Can I shamelessly plug the description for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Go for it. Okay. It comes out in October. And this is what she's written about it. A virus is spreading across Midwest America, carried by strong hot winds, which turn the infected feral with lust. Sophie, a good Catholic girl, must risk everything and traverse the hellscape of Wisconsin (laughs) as she tries to find her family when the world around her collapses. Hell yeah, CJ. I will read that all day. That does sound very good. I do like the level of enthusiasm you had as you were reading that, too. I think that really adds to it. Oh, yeah. Her shit is amazing. Cannot wait to read that. <laughs> All right. Next question is favorite book format. Uh, hardcover or paperback. Okay. Favorite genre. This was the new one. Horror. <laughs> Surprise. Yep. Uh, favorite bookstore. Um, any store that sells books. I don't think I really have a favorite. I'll walk in any bookstore. So I think it was you who told me that, um, Riverby, because we, I think we mentioned Riverby, Riverby has come up a lot on the podcast, um, that they will take old books, like you can Mm -hmm. sell them books for credit and that's, that's life changing. Yes. That place. Fantastic. Credit or cash. Oh, really? Oh, cash. Yep. Okay. Okay. So if you're moving anybody out there or just looking to get rid of a whole fuck ton of books, yeah, Riverbees will buy your books. Amazing. Um, uh, where do you usually do your reading? Uh, on the couch, tucked up in the corner. Where do you do your reading when you're sick? Same place? Yep, same spot. Oh. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, and if you want people to follow you on your socials, what are your socials? Oh, yeah, we talked about this last time, too. My ridiculously <laughs> creative uh, social Instagram handle was Simmons. Manda.l.simmons. Oh my god, I'm so creative. I remember last time you were like, Donna, follow me. <laughs> like, Donna Tart, please love me as much as I love you. Uh, that was Ooh, fun. Maybe we should give a shout out to Gerald Brom if he listens to this podcast. Yeah, Gerald, you should, you should listen. You won't hear us say that you should listen, but if you did, thank you. And yes. thank you for your fantastic work. Your paintings are terrifying. I love them. Uh, I can't wait wonderful. to read your other books. Krampus was the shit. Slew Food is the shit. I cannot wait to read some more. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mando. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Amanda for coming back on to Book Bestie. For my next episode, I will be joined by Patty Webb to discuss Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong. See you on the flip side, besties.